0: Your favorite book, and would you like to talk about it? Pour a pint, make some tea, pull a chair oh. Let's talk worlds that feel so real. Feel free to scream and shout it. It's okay, you're in Fiona's book club.
1: Hello, welcome back to Fiona Frawley's book club. It's been a while, you've been missing. My conversations about books and stuff, do, 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 welcome back. Been a little while, took a little break, I hope that's okay. I know there's probably some upset people out there that they didn't get to hear about a comedian talk about a book they liked for a couple of weeks. Um, but here I am. Hope you are all well and have been having a lovely summer. Um, as lovely as it can be. Um, I was very lucky to be down in West Cork for nearly 2 weeks. Um, a lot of my family live down there. Uh, we have a gaff down there. It is so gorge, very blessed. Um, so that was nice. And don't really have Wi-Fi down there, so I didn't do an episode. But look, we're back with a bang. How are you getting on? What's the crack? Um, I feel like uh, maybe the last two episodes had gotten a bit heavy. A bit, bit down and dirty with the shit of the world. Um, Which I think is important and good. You know, we have to discuss those things look at them and see where we fit into them and how we can affect change if we would like to and if we're sound so that was that for the last two weeks which is good or the last two episodes should i say and then i thought we'd have a bit of crack uh so let's you know discuss famously the funniest book of all time the communist manifesto a laugh a minute don't you think um no but i'm glad i read it i have gone through most of my adult life having not which i feel like i should have and now i've done it have i changed who knows but it's fine um talked about this book with my friend owen heffernan we went to school together we actually repeated the leaving cert together which was good crack um in this very intense year run by this man who was really small and angry um fucking hell he used to terrify us all um We'd have to do, like, three compulsory hours of study every night. Uh Your parents had to sign off on all your homework and study over the weekend. It was for people who were little shits and who did bad in the leaving cert the first time around. Obviously, because you're repeating it. Um Well, no, there was a few people who'd done really well but just needed, like, ten extra points. But it was basically a big crash. It was great. Um but yeah that is Owen and he has recommended me really good reading by black authors and about the black experience um for example Don't Touch My Hair by Emma Debris which I've actually just started um a bit slow to the party on that one so apologies but it's really good um he also sent me it's about the Combahee River Collective, who were a group of black feminists in, I think, the 70s and 80s in America, um, which was a really good read about intersectionality, because they talk a bit about white feminists and kind of what they have all the time in the world to focus on and be mad about, Um, whereas the Combahee River Collective were fighting two battles and... They're very matter of fact to the point about that and just trying to get shit done. Which is cool. So maybe you'd like to have a look at them. I just had a look online at their statement and a few other bits. Really good. And yeah, so we talked about communism and we talked about some other stuff. Uh, You know, what more could you want? What else could you possibly be looking for? I hope you have been having an okay summer. I hope you've gotten out to do a few bits, maybe gone for a little weekend away, gone for drinks with friends or done something fun. Um but look, will we are you only dying for a bit of communism? Are you only gagging to get the episode started? Okay, first you know what I'm going to say. If you're enjoying the podcast. Please like, subscribe, leave a pleasurable review on Apple Podcasts. Or if you are not loving it. Or if you think it was a bit shite. Send me a DM. um, On Twitter or Instagram. Because publicly I want everyone to think the podcast is class. As you can imagine. Um, You know. Feedback if you're sound but if you're like oh Fiona didn't like this feedback that's like you're a fucking bitch um I know maybe leave that we'll see I'll have a think about it but look are you ready get that communist flag up in the air and wave it from side to side and say out with billionaires give us the cash are you ready okay i hope you enjoy it the communist manifesto with owen hefferman
2: well yeah so the communist manifesto good choice
0: <laughs> <laughs> heavy <laughs> reading
2: yeah it was heavy um well it was good i think i was meant to um read that in college like in the very first week like it was our very first bit of reading and I never did and then for the rest of the year pretty much I'd just be like what's going on because everything was referring back to it um so good to have gotten it done
0: (laughs) seven years later yeah
2: exactly (laughs) so useful to me um when did you first read it
0: uh literally over over the last month like since we agreed this um
2: oh okay
0: so it, i bought it i bought it and i was sitting on my shelf and i was like it's obviously not a, a very big book um no. but i'd read a lot of noam chomsky before that um oh my gosh. who's kind of a very socialist kind of philosopher thinker um and that kind of got me looking into like okay where did he find his roots and then mm. it, it all boils down to, to this little, whatever, 50-page book. And I just I just said I'd give it a crack and, and see what it's all about.
2: Yeah. And do you feel like it answered some of your questions?
0: Yeah. Like, so, like there was parts of it where, like, so relevant. I was reading it being yeah. like, Jesus, this is like... I was like, this is happening today, like, and this book was written in whatever, like the eighteen forties. Um, yeah. and then other parts were him just kind of ranting and raving about how other people were terrible. Um
2: there was a lot of that, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: But uh, I think like over like overall like um I wouldn't say I'm massively enlightened from reading it, but I think mm think he had some very strong ideas um and i think the ideology behind what he was was promoting was was pretty good like he just wants fairness in society and i think at the minute that's something that we desperately need yeah,
2: yeah. absolutely very much and what bits did you like particularly find to be very relevant today because i felt that sometimes too some bits that you
0: um there's so there's uh what i don't what edition are you reading or
1: um i got a one online
2: that was on like google books and let me go to the page with the edition
0: okay Um... well there's a section called conservative or bourgeoisie socialism it's towards the end
2: oh yeah that bit was um really interesting that was kind of like is that like social justice warrior vibes almost? Like what he was referring to when he was talking about the socialist bourgeoisie, or do I have that wrong?
0: No, you're you're dead right. So like he talks about how the there's these members in societies like philanthropists and humanitarians and like organizers of charities, and he was kind of saying how like what they what they do is is kind of only to keep us oppressed it's only like a kind of like an image say oh like we are actually trying to do something and and like when i was reading that i was like it just made me think back to college right i remember being in college and people coming up to me and be like oh, i'm having a charity event um do you want to support me and i'd be like yeah like pretty charitable guy what are you doing?" <laughs> like. Oh, I'm going to Thailand to wash elephants for three weeks. Like, "Like, that's like, we've commercialized charity, like people going to to build houses. Why would I want a fourth year student from South Dublin building my house? (laughs) Like, I was, and I was just thinking about it when I read that. I was like, it's actually insane. Like, we've turned charity into like a money making scheme
2: yeah that bit yeah that bit really rung through today um like as you were reading like because obviously a bit like a good few bits of the book let's be real would kind of go over the head but (laughs) that that section i think it was very like everyone could pick out someone they know in life today who goes on like that or like we've probably done it ourselves sometimes and have to kind of check ourselves a bit um But, yeah, that was really an interesting little bit. It's so true about charities and about, like... I guess he was saying these people, like, the socialist bourgeoisie or whatever, like, they want change, but they don't want anything to have to change for them negatively or to have to give up anything that they have.
0: Yeah, essentially, what I kind of took it to mean that, like um they do they make these little concessions mm. at the the lower classes will be like oh look they're actually doing stuff but it's not really having any major dramatic effect
2: yeah like there's plenty there's so much stuff they want to keep the same because they benefit from it
0: yeah and like so like i think they talked a bit about like universal health care and it's like yeah universal health care is great but I suppose it it does it doesn't just favour the lower classes, like and you know this like this idea of child benefit. Yeah, child benefit, yeah. right? Like if you're a single mother uh, and you're and you're not working because you have a few kids, they'll really value child benefit. But then yeah. at the opposite end, you have like Michael O'Leary, Ryanair tycoon, and he's come out and said like, I don't want my child benefit. He's like, don't give it to me but he hasn't an option yeah. of opting out of it. Yeah. So, like, it's a massive benefit to the to to the to the single mother, but to like, the, the richest man in Ireland, he's like, I don't want it and I can't give it back. So, kind of, why are we giving it to him?
2: Yeah, that's stupid. Sorry, I know that's kind of stating the obvious, but <laughs> <no. Yeah. Mom. laughs> that is dumb. What about, okay, this was a bit that I thought was relevant for today. I need to try and find it. It was towards the start. It was kind of about people protesting and about people like, say, low-paid workers kind of destroying the things that they need to work as a form of protest. Do you remember that bit? It was kind of at the start, but it reminded me a lot of, what's happening at the moment um, which I do think is like a really important part of trying to it is kind of maybe the only way to actually change or actually make enough noise um, to be listened to do you know that bit
0: yeah I like and that was like he was he was kind of slated on like there's there's not really many explicit references to violence throughout the throughout the book uh, yeah. but you kind of do get that kind of like rebellious undertone and like at the end of the day exactly what you were saying like no significant change has come in any society without violent revolution
2: yeah yeah
0: like you need like like peaceful protesting and all is great but like it doesn't make the headlines.
2: Yeah, and also, yeah, it doesn't make the headlines. No one does anything. Like, so, like, I'm sure people want to be peaceful, but it's kind of not an option after a while because nothing's going to change that way, as we've seen.
0: Yeah, people get so... Like, people who who get to the stage of, like, protesting and revolting, I suppose they've been, like it's not like they've been oppressed for a week or two. They've been oppressed for a long time. And essentially it just gets to a stage where they're like, yeah, I'm done. And it's, I think it's kind of like nearly an all or nothing. Like it's, it's at that stage where like, yeah, I've nothing left to lose. So if you want to lock me up and throw away the key, that's fine. But I'm kind of going to go out swinging with it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's definitely the stage at the moment. um, you can really feel it and um you can obviously see certain people in society like loving clinging to like the most angry people or like I don't even want to say the most violent people because it's not really violence it's like protest and trying to make a change but like they're just the people who are, let's say, against a bit of a change are, like, just clinging to that and being like, well, they don't need to resort to violence.
0: Yeah, that. yeah.
2: They fucking tried everything else.
0: Um, the same with the looting as well. You see a lot of, like, people, like, why would you loot? It's like, these are the kind of most economically oppressed people. So, yeah. looting is a form of rebellion of that. and Yeah at the end of the day everything's insured so like it's so so funny like in a few whatsapp groups like the the conversation was like you know if looting was taking place would you do it I was like a hundred percent
2: yeah sorry who deserves the bag more me or Louis Vuitton (laughs) like they're not gonna miss it oh
0: yeah I live a few minutes away from Dundrum and I was like I have a map in my head if looting ever kicks off in Dundrum where I'm hitting first.
2: Okay, where?
0: I think, like, realistically, you want, you want small stuff. You don't want, like, these people going for TVs and stuff, amateur hour. <laughs> yeah. Right? You want to be, You can't see golf
2: with it, like, with the 40 inch flat screen.
0: Yeah, and you're definitely going to get, like, if I'm a, if I'm a guard, and I'm chasing two people, and one's carrying a fifty 50 inch flat screen TV, and the other has a pair of earrings in his pocket, like, who are you going to chase?
2: Yeah. Yeah, you're right.
0: It's a good yeah. point. So
2: I'd
0: be... Okay. ...by the f- fountains.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: I'd be hitting up Harvey Nichols, a few jewellery stores in there, uh, and then I think I'd, I'd work my way up towards the phone shops upstairs. That'd be uh, that'd be my preferred. And then, then exit right beside my house.
2: That's a good route. Yeah, yeah because... If you start on that ground floor near where the fountain is, you've got whatever jeweler it is. I think it's fields. And then you've got Comp B like, across the way. So you could almost go into both of them and say if you had to make a run for it then, you've probably already got some pretty good stuff.
0: Yeah, tip into McDonald's for a few nuggets if you're hungry after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A sample, yeah, mozzarella
2: sticks hungry. for the road.
0: Yeah. Give us my Mac- <laughs> there, pal.
2: and give them something as well (laughs) just to be like look I know you couldn't get off work but I've got you
0: I'm not an animal
2: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so I mean that's kind of like the further you get into understanding the um, systems that oppress us all but obviously oppress like some more than others it's like looting is a direct response to that because everyone's being fucked over so much by this so it's good to be like actually no this is fake like the shop is fake the cost of this item is fake and like why should we all just you know conform to that anymore when it's killing us all yeah it's not all but some people
0: yeah it's separating us as well like I I, probably, I don't feel the pressures really anymore, but, like, I have two two godkids, and they're, like, one's 16, one's 18, and, like, from mm-hmm. buying them presents, like, what you want, and it's, like, it like it's not t-shirt, it's, like, a uh, Fred Perry t-shirt, these runners, that mm-hmm. runners, and I just forgot what it's like to be a teenager and have to have that brand of jacket or that brand of clothes and, and the pressure yeah. puts on on everyone like on the kids themselves on the families like there's there's kids walking around in these these montclair jackets montclair jackets 600 quid
2: yeah what the fuck or that thing what's it called canada goose Mad like man. not necessary here i know it's cold sometimes but that's for like minus 18 degrees or whatever
0: yeah, and then they're wearing them in summer sweating just to look <laughs>
2: yeah yeah (laughs) which i definitely would have done like (laughs) because you'd be saving up for it and like eventually get the money in summer or something and you'd be like well i've got to put this on but um kids are just so mean to each other like it starts so young obviously um capitalism or whatever and like they're just mean to each other because they know if they're not being mean They'll be the one being mean, getting mean to, bullied or whatever. And I suppose if you have something, you'll be sticking out for the right reasons. Or you'll just be blending in with everyone who already has that. And it's so... You just wish you could take every kid and be like, it's going to be okay. But, like, they have to go through it.
0: Yeah. Um, And I I think that's what, like, I think that's what Karl Marx was trying to get at. It wasn't like, obviously, we all want equality, but, like, perfect equality is never going to happen. And you can't have perfect equality because everyone has differences and they need to be accounted for. But I think it really comes down to, like, equality of, of opportunity and equality of access. That, like, everyone gets the same... Basic, basic chances, and if you work extra hard and you get more, fine. Um,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: I think it's just that that balance that they really need to strike, and I think one one point he like consistently gets to over the whole book is property, private property. This concept of private,
2: yeah, which is so relevant now.
0: Yeah, when you are looking at the homelessness crisis, like
2: yeah, fuck's sake, and the hotels.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it was like, it's like, it was a mad one because when I initially read it, I was like, no private property whatsoever. But then he, he clarifies it. He's like, I'm not saying that people can't have their own items. Like, if you want a house, you can have a house. But what he was getting at is like, Johnny, the developer, who has six houses, 12 apartment blocks, and is renting them all out for mad money. Because it's just yeah. with our own profit. So, like, if you need a house for you and your family, that's fine. Have one. But not, nobody really needs four or five houses.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, like, I think, okay, some of the bit, yeah, like, you'd have to agree with that. And, like, how could you want one person to have 12 houses and other people to have none? Do you think sometimes, (laughs) do you think, like I know the book is short, but do you think he made it a bit too long and kind of maybe said too much, whereas he could have just kept it simple and everyone would have really agreed with him. But like some bits when he was like, what was the bit that he said about abolish families?
0: Oh, I I thought that was fucking hilarious
2: do you he mean he was like i'm not saying abolish families but and i was like what do you mean
0: that was that was i thought that was one of the funniest bits because so i was reading it and i was like "What?" essentially i think what he was saying was that like like the rich marry within the rich and they only marry to get richer you know to like
2: empires yes, f-
0: yeah. together but like he was essentially saying that parents are pimping out their kids uh what rich people i was like this out of nowhere as well it literally just came out of nowhere
2: didn't it it really came out of nowhere
0: (laughs) two pages stop pimping your children out Um, (laughs) i was just like jesus that was a that was a bit (laughs) leftist it's
2: like yeah fair Um, maybe it was and then the bit about all the rich people just wanna have sex with each other's wives. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It was probably kind of true when especially when you look at all the shit in America at the minute with the paedophiles. That is mad.
2: Yes. Yeah, fucking hell. And like I think it makes sense in the sense, that, you know, when people are so rich, they've gained everything they can from the fucking money world. They wanna take like something that's hard to get and like that would make them you know feel alive inside um because they obviously don't anymore so in that way i was like yeah i suppose that probably does happen
0: but i think uh yeah some of the bits yeah i think you're dead right like definitely definitely could have shortened it down like the whole the whole kind of third section of the book um it's like a kind of review of the different models of socialism and the development of it. I was was talking about German and French revolutions. And I was like, this is just, I'm just not really getting the context here. Um, Mm. And I suppose you have to take into account, it was written like over 150 years ago.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I suppose. And I suppose, okay. Was this like people's introduction to communism? Like, you know, as an idea, like, was it in the world much at this stage, or were they like just being like, "Here's the soft open, <laughs> communism. here's here's um, the intro." Yeah,
0: yeah. Here's a little teaser. Um,
2: like, would people have known what it was?
0: Yeah, I think... or would
2: they've just known the bits that get the like bad um press?
0: I think they would have known about what it was at this stage. Oh, they definitely would have known by this stage. And I think um, maybe it probably didn't have a, a kind of formal name on it as such. And my understanding was that Marx just wanted to, he traveled around a lot and he'd lived in Paris and, you know, he'd met a lot of people and he just kind of wanted to, to actually kind of cement what communism actually was in a book. This is the principles we live up to. Uh, This is the ideology. This is what we're trying to achieve. Um, But I think probably what we've seen is we've seen a lot of people try, or a lot of countries try to do kind of communism, but not do it right. Um, Mm -hmm. So the biggest thing for Marx is like a complete overthrow of the, the bourgeois bourgeoisie. Uh, I feel like yeah. I every time I say that. Uh,
2: no, me too. I, look.
0: I'm sure he wouldn't mind. So. <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: I'm sure he wants us to say
0: it wrong. But yeah, essentially he says that you need a complete overthrow to establish uh, a temporary dictatorship of the proletariat um, and then that kind of withers away so it becomes like a full and free democracy. And, and what has yeah. really happened in most... Kind of communist states is that they overthrow the bourgeoisie, um, yeah. and they establish a dictatorship, and then the, the, the dictator is kind of like, oh, I kind of like this. So I have all the, power
2: <laughs> you know what? This is fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: all the money comes to me. Why would I leave this?" Um So I don't think I don't think it's been properly realised yet. I think you have some some countries like China is it's very socialist but obviously massive human rights issues um mm-hmm. nor like the scandinavian countries i think are probably the best example like they obviously have capitalism um but they do have a lot of high tax rates on, on the wealthy um yeah and instead of the wealthy being like you know i worked hard to earn my money and and like why should i give it away they're kind yeah. of yeah that like don't think of it like that they think okay i'm creating a better life creating a better society um
2: yeah
0: which i just don't think i think i don't know if irish people are ready for that yet
2: no there are definitely a lot of irish people who are like i get up every day i earn my you know like Fina gayler is like i earn my money blah 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 but like I don't know. It's a bit like, what are you so afraid of? Like, you are not going to miss that money. And if you tried it, you'd see.
0: I think it's the power. Like, that's what I. that's what it comes. I think it all just comes down to power. Like, even, like, I'm I'm reading the, the papers, obviously not being at home, and I'm seeing, like, read one paper and I see this article, like, uh, people going on holidays lose their COVID payments. And then
2: yeah.
0: turn the page. Foxy. And I see like, I don't know, I think they're called super junior ministers or something. Sixteen grand pay rise. And you're like, What? Next page. You're like, yeah, what's his name? Pascal donahue Minister Minister for Finance, like, uh mm. Ministers won't take pay cut during this troubling time. And you're like, you're you're taking money off people who have lost their jobs and giving pay rises to yourself.
2: Yeah. It was like the taking the COVID payment off people who went away. It was like the most blatant like taking from the people who need it most at the moment. And like honestly, I just think that they were like, let's try this and see if no one notices. Oh. And thank God people were like, What the fuck? And they had to be like, Oh yeah, sorry about that. And so, so I guess that's just what it is at the moment in in the old doll. Yeah. They're just like, look, we don't know what to do. Let's try this. Let's try the most fucked up, disgusting idea ever and see if anyone notices we've done it.
0: Yeah, they're like, they're such it actually, it actually irks me so much um, watching, I think all forms of politics, like some, like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez I'm assuming you saw her speech where she was like... Uh, did you see it? No. Fiona.
2: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I will watch it.
0: Um, but did you hear about it?
2: Yeah, I saw um, everyone sharing it. And- <laughs> sorry, I do need to watch that.
0: I right. saw like right. 30 seconds of it on an Insta story. Um, <laughs> and I'm so much more woke now as a result. But
2: <laughs> you I- totally
0: are. <laughs> I think like politicians like her are what we need coming through. Because mm. in Ireland at the minute, like politics is still very... Uh, it's kind of still very family-based and, oh, your father was a TD or your mother was a... Yeah. And it's very much like a club where I think... like That's why I love watching some of these mad lefties. Um, I mean, now they get a bit of shit for not wearing suits or uh, like Mick Wallace used to wear his, his pink T-shirts and the doll... But they'll go in there and say anything. Like,
2: yeah, but like, fair. How can you care more about someone wearing a suit than not to be dramatic, but like people dying in the streets? Like, who gives a fuck? Sorry, now.
0: Yeah, it's all just about re election for them, I think. And that's, I think the system is flawed. Like, once they're in, they don't, obviously, I, I don't mean to generalize, just some great. Politicians out there, I'm sure. Um but
2: <laughs> not I, sure where they are, but
0: <clears throat> I think you, when
2: we find them.
0: Yeah, like is there any real Irish ones I like just what's her one? Your one's name, you your one Lynn Ruan. You ever?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: She's got she wears night an max and Leinster House, and once I heard that I was like, solve.
2: That's what we need.
0: Yeah. And a
2: bit of style.
0: Yeah, a bit of fashion and
2: <laughs> come on. <Yeah. laughs>
0: Uh, no more these these basic pencil skirts and blouses. <laughs> Jazz it up. Yeah.
2: yeah um,
0: no
2: more kitten
0: heels. Right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think I'd, I'd literally love to just see people go in there and absolutely. And even, okay, fair enough, they might mess it up com- completely. But there's a whole civil service behind all of the government. So I don't think they're going to mess it up that bad.
2: Yeah, that's what I kind of think. Like, there's too many people advising, and too many like loops that you have to go through to actually get something changed. That I'm like, Look. yeah. Well, how much change could they really do?
0: Temporary dictatorship. I'm telling you.
2: Yeah, but it just might create a better atmosphere in Ireland if the people in power were more sound it would even it trickle down to people having conversations with each other uh like in the comments of the journal and, you know, maybe change that. Eventually it will probably take like 50 years but, you know.
0: Yeah, does that, that actually remind me, there's, there's a bit in the book where it talks about you know, I, th- I think I have an um oh yeah, here it is, right? So it kind of It mentions about the idea, I'll read it out. It's like, finally, when the class struggles near the decisive hour, the process of dissolution going on within the ruling class, in fact, within the whole range of old society, assumes such a violent, glaring character that a small section of the ruling class cut itself adrift and joins the revolutionary class, the class that holds the future in its hands. And that kind of... You know that kind of when I read that, I was thinking about like we see all these atrocities go on for so long, and and there's like small number of people fighting the battles, and then once it gets a bit of media, a bit of talk, all these petitions and all these like like I, during the whole Black Lives Matters thing, I was sitting on like I was I went on a few rants on LinkedIn, um, and all these companies coming out being like oh, we support diversity, we support this, blah, blah, blah. And then you just Google their board of directors and it's 14 white lads, one woman and a black fella. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm mean, like where? Like, so I think when when a cause is being pushed to the forefront and when everyone's talking about it, you'll have people come out and be like, Jesus, we better get on this quick. But I think it's nearly, like I think they just do it as a PR stunt nearly. I actually don't think they care. Yeah.
2: and I think you could see that so much um during this conversation like from with the big companies to like with your cousin it was like they want to speak out and show their support until they're challenged on it like you know companies wanted to like issue a statement being like we don't tolerate racism blah 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 and then as soon as they were like what's your hiring process or like how many black people or people of color work for you there was just radio silence or like you know when your cousin puts up one of those like instagram posts which i find very informative and useful and like but if they're asked to look at themselves and things that they need to change that's like just not something they're willing to do and i think that's probably the biggest problem like everyone's willing to at the basic level be like I support this but not really willing to do the next step
0: yeah which I
2: suppose is you know we
0: can we can all say something is wrong and like it was actually it was actually mad that like a lot of people in fairness to a lot of people a lot of people reached out to me and were like uh you know i'm sorry for things i may have said around you or towards you in the past not um Mm. and i got into a few great conversations with people but like the amount of people coming out and being like oh oh, i'm definitely not racist and like what i kept saying to them because i I was guilty of it in the past is like look at how irish society treats travelers and tell
2: Mm.
0: we are not racist like yeah. they're the most like from a young age they're the most dehumanised people you know yeah. and it's like I remember there was a fire up in Carrick Mines about five years ago now yeah. children yeah. died not and I was working in an establishment I'll just say right out in Bray at the time mm-hmm. the funeral took place in Bray I got into work and there was a sign up on the door like a leak, uh, pub closed. And I was like,
2: "I remember that I was working in Bray as well. Everywhere shut down,
0: except one bar. I think the Harbour Bar stayed open.
2: Did it? Yeah.
0: Somewhere, one one place. But I remember walking up the main street and being like, like this is like this. This family have just suffered. Probably like they they lost a few kids. Like one of the biggest.
2: Yeah." Kids. It's to- like babies, like yeah. and whole families wiped out, like and like and
0: this is how we we show support and solidarity. But and everyone justifies it. I know, well, like tra- travelers are different, or they deserve it. I was like, this is racism at its core.
2: Yeah, and how like intensely people will try and convince you that you're wrong that they're like, you don't understand, you haven't had any experience as a business owner with yes. like, travellers, blah blah blah, and it's like, stop trying to, even like, just stop trying to defend yourself. you clearly know, like, what you're doing is wrong, or when um, my dad lived not far from, well, my dad lives in like Stepside, and that happened like on kind of Glenamook Road sorry, very um specific geography for non-South Dublin listeners, but um there was, like, an a, like, a road nearby that they were trying to, like, rehome the people who'd obviously lost their homes, grieving, lost their families. And the people from, like, the cul-de-sac were, like, parking their cars so that the, um like, construction workers couldn't get down to organise temporary housing for people. And I'm like, how do you sleep at night? Like, whatever you think about this group of people or what they've supposedly done to you, like, how can you feel comfortable parking your car so they can't have a place to stay after what's happened?
0: Yeah, it's... But, like, but we're so conditioned that I think we just don't see it as as racism. Do you know? No. Not with travellers. We don't... Yeah. We just... Like, and I, re- I remember coming home from work the day of that funeral and I said it to my mum, like I said, like, oh, do you know, everywhere shut and stuff. And she was so disappointed in me. She was like, 20 years ago, that would have been done to black people. I can't believe you stood there and let that happen to all I was like, and that was kind of like a turning point for me. I was like, mm. actually, yeah, that was absolutely disgraceful what went on. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. But like, Yeah. No, it is. And I think, yeah, you do reach that turning point where you're like, oh, my God, if I am just quietly pissed off, nothing's going to change.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: And, like, I think we've all had that moment where it's like, well, if you think it's so horrible, why are you just standing there and let it happen? Which we've all definitely huh?
0: done. Like, now that you're a full-on communist, Fiona, after reading the comic, commun- <laughs> um, what would be right? So we have the dictatorship of Fiona starting uh, yeah. on Monday. What's what's the first thing to come into play?
2: Um, probably would be the same one for everyone that the billionaires have to fix the world, like just hand over the money. <laughs> Like I've seen it divided how it's getting fixed on several Instagram (laughs) posts and tweets. So that's the first thing.
0: Uh.
2: And then after that, a bit of a session.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to be too serious.
2: (laughs) Yeah, keep it light. (laughs) So yeah, that's, that's step one. And then... I don't know, it's so hard to, like, just get people. What's that thing that I've been saying? Like, decolonize your mind. But, like, just get people from a young age. And it sounds like such a cliché at this stage. But just, like, being different is okay. If someone's not like you, it doesn't mean you need to, like, point to them and make them the butt of your joke. And it's not PC gone crazy to, like, let people live their lives. Like, I think to actually get some people to realize that, obviously, is something that might never happen.
1: But it's frustrating sometimes because I'm like,
2: you could make your own life so much easier, make someone else's life so much easier by just not giving a shit about stuff they do or... Stuff that's important to them that makes no consequence to you. So why are you making it your business to make their life shit? Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, you're dead. It's it's this idea that we all have to like, like when you think about it, right? It's absolutely mad. Up until the age of like eighteen, we all pretty much have the exact same life. It's like
2: yeah, yeah. Pr-
0: primary school, communion, confirmation, secondary school, junior cert, leaving cert and like
2: leaving insert holiday
0: yeah like
2: yeah. and then everyone goes on the same exact same holidays as each other for every year of college you just go and see the same people in fucking thailand or eos or california or wherever you go
0: yeah yeah and you have to like if you do anything like it's like if you're like oh, i'm actually not going there i'm going somewhere else people are like why yeah why, why are
2: we- what's wrong man yeah
0: what's? are you an idiot <laughs>
2: Everyone's
0: going to Eos. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's just it's crazy how you just you're meant to go through these steps after college, then it's go out get a, and it's not just get a job; it's get a, get a good job, a Get a yeah. good job. Stay with the company, find a partner, get married. I can't understand this milestone of getting a mortgage. For me, like, yeah. the idea of of taking a mortgage gives me like heart palpitations Mm, mm, mm. i looked into it i was like just kind of out of curiosity more than anything and i was like right if i was to go down and get a mortgage for like let's say three hundred and fifty thousand, which wouldn't buy me a house in dublin by the way and yeah i was like how much would i actually pay back and your man was like well, you pay back this much a month over this many years and i was like i was like cut the bullshit how much would i be paying you back and he's like around 550,000 and I was like what I was like
2: what bank was that name and shame
0: yeah uh, I, I couldn't possibly for libelous reasons but it's uh, <laughs> uh let's just say Bo <laughs> Ireland maybe so.
2: oh I've heard of them
0: um but I was like and then but then I'm talking to some of my own mates and they're like they're kind of like yeah I got a mortgage and I was like why are you saying that with such pride? Like you just took out over a half a million euro loan that you're going to pay back over 30 years. Yeah. It's insane.
2: It is insane. But like, look at the situation for renters. Like if you wanted to stay in Ireland, like you have absolutely no security, nothing. Like, so you can see why people would want to do it, but you shouldn't have to.
0: Yeah, fair point. I, it's uh, not like to me, renting always kind of seemed. Yeah, obviously you have the kind of lack of security, but like if something breaks in your gaff, you're just kind of you just kind of ring someone.
2: Yeah, and you're just yeah. reach and
0: moan at them, and you're like, yeah, "Fix this quick, or I'm gonna start writing letters to the residential tenancy association." Um, whereas when something breaks in your own gaff, you're like, oh, "I actually have to fucking do something about this."
2: I know, but or for renters, they might ring and be like, this is broken. And then their landlord will be like, well, you're evicted.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: You know, more so.
0: I've read some but slum landlord stories.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually <laughs> am saving for a deposit at the moment.
0: Oh, very but, grown up.
2: But I completely get you it's like why why do i have to do that and it's definitely like made me have every commitment crisis under the sun and be like my god what am i doing like i've only started saving i haven't like really truly committed to anything yeah i mean i could just go and move away with it which i honestly would consider at the moment with the state of things here um But, yeah, it does get you thinking, like, oh, my God, this is going to be the rest of my life. And, like, getting it, obviously, like, it's so difficult to get it alone here. Like, so, you know, you'd worry, like, am I getting it for the right reasons? Am I with this person for the right reasons? Like, just saving this together Sorry, absolutely no shade to My fella, very happy to be saving (laughs) together. But for other people, (laughs) maybe I should edit that bit out. No, I am happy with it. But, like, there's so many people who get into a relationship at, like, whatever, 18, and start saving for their mortgage or whatever, 25, and I'm like, really? Like, are you sure that's... You've met your soulmate at 18, have you? Like... Yeah. Do you know what
0: I mean? Maybe. I think it could just be my eternal fear of uh probably Yeah, I don't know, it just it just freaks freaks me out to think just to think, yeah, you know, I suppose it's the idea of of taking out a loan for that much money. Like the way I see it is if like if somebody turned around and said to you, I'm gonna give you three hundred and fifty thousand euro. Mm. Like, mm. I don't, like, buying some type of shelter for the rest of my life would be on the list. But it wouldn't be my first But it wouldn't be the
2: main thing. Yeah. See, everyone's different. Like, you know, you want to see the world.
0: Yeah, I'd be off to some tribe in the Amazon for a month or two months, I'd say.
2: Unreal. And they'd be like, we don't use money here.
0: Yeah.
2: We we use it for
0: um, yeah we trade and frogs <laughs> or something like
2: that. Yeah. Exactly. And then you'd have to get a mortgage out for frogs. And but um yeah. No, but you're right. There's too much pressure to do your little holidays and then get a mortgage and be in some shite job.
0: No offense to anyone. Yeah, no offense to us well. <laughs> that was also a question. I was like, I've talked to a good cool bit of people about it recently. I was like, what percentage of the time are you happy in work? And I think, yeah, I think the average I've kind of gotten back is maybe about probably seventy to eighty percent of the time.
2: That's surprisingly high, I think.
0: Yeah, like there is some people who are just miserable like hate yeah. every ounce and fiber of their work it's like why did you do it and they're like money literally bills to pay need the cash can't move and
2: how fucked is that like that's your life Like,
0: yeah and that was like that's one of the ideas of like of kind of socialism and communism it's like so let's say I don't know I'm going to take a random company like I think Apple or Amazon right um probably some of the richest companies in the world at the minute um and have massive profits that are split between like a small minority of kind of major shareholders and it's like it's that idea of okay so you're giving these small minority of people massive financial gains but let's let's look at if if we distributed those financial gains in other ways so instead of maybe paying you an extra, I don't know, whatever, $10,000 each in shares. What if we gave all of the staff an extra day off? Like, where would the more, where where would society benefit from more? Parents and people getting to see their loved ones an extra day a week? Or wealthy billionaires having Having an extra couple of grand in their account? Like,
2: yeah it's so true and like there's just too many people too afraid of change or like too accepting of this and like just being like well that's the way things are that like you know we're just chumps like for not questioning it
0: do you think there'll be a revolution that's the big question
2: I hope so but like it'll be painful like it'll be so difficult like imagine trying to change the minds and mentalities of some people you know and that's even just in our circle like there are some people who are so violently opposed to anything changing like as we've seen like with some of the some of the backlash like to the protests in America like people fucking running over protesters with their cars Like, shouting out abuse, like, and worse. Um, You can just see how difficult it's going to be. I hope it does happen. It's going to be painful. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I kind of, I was really happy to see the amount of people that took to the streets, especially in Ireland.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I was really, like, that's something that I don't think... I think maybe the last time we had that that amount of people on the streets was the water protests mm. um so like i love i love seeing people in the streets i love seeing people out protesting um yeah but i absolutely. i think that it just i don't know there wasn't enough momentum behind it i think if it is if real change is to occur i think that there's there's gonna have to be another kind of debacle like the water protests or there's going to be some big taxation issue and I think I think then people will just be like here yeah, I'm actually just just fed up with this because at the end of the day everyone just wants the same thing everyone just wants like decent education good health care and a reasonable standard of living yeah yeah like exactly. like everyone like obviously if we can get more we'll take more I think it's purely human nature but i think like we we just want to like like for myself i just want to survive and have a bit of crack and i'm happy
2: yeah yeah exactly that's the best live a longer healthier life that way like by not stressing but i think i don't know like what i kind of hope is happening in ireland at the moment anyway like the aftermath of the protests and of that momentum is I hope, like, people, myself included, are kind of looking at, like, how that pertains to them, what changes they need to make. Like, for example, calling out racism when you see it, not just, like, standing there when it happens, not just, like, being like, oh, that's just Uncle Jim, that's how he is. Companies, hopefully you know, having a look at more diversity, looking at, like, who is employed by them and realising that needs to change. Hopefully teachers may be fighting for a more accurate, like, education that reflects everyone's kind of experience and isn't so just Catholic, white... Whatever, um, and stuff like that that I kind of hope is happening at the moment, and like in industries, like definitely in the comedy industry, in like music industry in Dublin, I feel like people are being challenged for things that they've been getting away with, um, and people aren't going to take it anymore. I hope that's the kind of work that's happening here at the moment. Obviously in the States, or, like, while we're in no way perfect here at all, like, there's more urgent change in the sense that, like, people's lives are in danger every day. Um, and, like, people's lives are so fucked by the system. Um, so I suppose, like, the protests can't stop there. Like, the change that needs to happen is so massive, like, that yeah
0: it's like america i i lived in america for like two years and it's a mm-hmm. different animal like i i remember i never forget it i went there when i was 25 and i f- mm-hmm. went to miami right it's the longest queue for customs i've ever been it must have been, it must have been an hour and a half standing in the queue for customs and i was like do you know when you're just watching everything around you? It's like snaking through the queue. And I got up to mm. my desk and had a, an African-American, like, uh, customs guy. And he mm. looked at my passport, looked at me, looked at my passport, looked at me. It was like, I didn't know they had black people in Ireland. And gave me a fist bump. I was like, welcome to America. And I was like, what oh God. the fuck? And that was literally...
2: Your introduction like
0: But Fiona when I say like so I always consider I right, so a mixed race, but I always can just consider myself Irish. I never really saw myself oh like obviously I'm not a mixed race, but I always just considered myself Irish. But then once I got into America, like my Irishness was stripped away until I opened my mouth. So over there it's like black, white, Latino. Mm-hmm. That's that's the first thing they segregate you on your race. And it's so either black, white, Latino. And it was like, like, it was, I've never been like, it was, it was so insane because like you could see like white people only hang around white people, black people only hang around black people. Um, it was like, I was driving in the, in my car one day with my boss and uh, he's like, he's from Sligo, but he's lived in America 25 years. I was, he's like, how are you getting on? And I was like, yeah, the whole racism thing is a bit, bit, bit kind of weird. He's like, sure, what do you mean? And we were like, just there, we were sitting at traffic lights, and like a biker pulled up beside us, and he had like a Nazi symbol on the back of his bike, and I was like, this is this is the type of shit I mean. Um,
2: yeah, like you never have to look far to see.
0: Yeah, like it was like I got pulled over by a cop one day. Uh, she was lovely. Now, in fairness to her, um. And she was chatting away to me, and she's like, Owen, oh, just uh, just next time you go, um, just uh, if you get pulled over again, just drop all the windows in your car and, and just keep your hands on the steering wheel. And I was like, what, what do you mean? And she's like, well, you've tinted windows, so just for yourself, it would be safer if you just, the minute you get pulled over, drop all the windows so they can see into the car, and keep your hands on the steering wheel. And I was like, okay. And she's like, even if your license is in your pocket, don't reach for it. Let them know that you're reaching for it. I was like... Okay, thank you. Excellent. Good advice.
2: Yeah, fucking hell. Like, life-saving advice. Yeah. But, like, pretty fucked that that has to be said.
0: Yeah, but, like, America is its a scary place. And, that, and then the other thing is, like, everyone has guns.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like... I remember even <laughs> on my J1, I worked in this um, kind of restaurant place in new york and the bodyguards or like bouncer or whatever sorry i was like what's the crack with the guns and he was like i can get you one no problem <laughs> and i was like 21 <laughs> year old irish girl i was like no it just me." does everyone have them like jesus like you just get one no bother
0: it's but i'm saying that after living there if i could have got a gun i would have had one
2: yeah fucking hell
0: because like, like, i was chatting to people and they're like i was like why do you have a gun and they're like because that lunatic has a gun and if he comes in here shooting i'm gonna shoot his ass and then you're like chatting to the next guy and he's like well if he shoots i'm gonna shoot him and you're like now i can see why everyone has guns yeah.
2: it's another one of those things that's just too deep rooted in the culture like there's too many like crazy fucks who are never going to give up their guns. So I guess there are other people who have to have them for that reason. You'd wish that everyone could just not have them. Maybe that could be another thing in our when we're head communists. I mean, Sorry, what would you do? What would your steps be when you are elected?
0: Um, I'm mad which is a bit of a weird kind of thing of mine, but I'm mad into food policy and food politics. Yeah. So it's, and it's real, it really, really pisses me off because like, so I think at the minute in the world, there's 1.2 billion people considered obese and overweight. And there's 795 million who are malnourished Mm -hmm. then we dump a crazy amount of food waste every year. Mm. So, like, we have such a flawed food system that, like, there's people starving and then there's people overeating and throwing away their waste. So, for me, that's the number one thing. It just pisses me off so much to see. Uh, Yeah. And then after that, I think, like, I think equality of education probably so i remember like years ago i was working um for some promotions company down on down on one of the docks near the the tree arena and there was a lads a group of young fellas from the flats across the way it was a, a seven up promotion right and it mm-hmm. was a group of young fellas from the flats and they kept coming over and like Terrorizing the place every day, like, and I mean proper terrorizing. And they're like, the manager was like, came up to me and he's like, "Oh, you're you're a bit of a big fella there, good imposing lad. You wouldn't stand out the front and scare them lads off, would you?" I was like, (laughs) I was like, all right, yeah, I'll go out. And like they were actually there was about ten or twelve of them on bikes, and they were the funniest, most kind of charming, quick witted lads I've ever met in my life like if if I wanted people working to sell stuff to me like yeah would sell you anything and like they negotiated it I believe we it was a joint negotiation um but I gave them like two crates of seven up a day and they left us alone.
2: There you go.
0: Like these are and they and and they kept other people away from us. Like These are like 12-year-olds having like a racketeering deal going on. I was like, if there was like, if they were more engaged, imagine what they would be doing.
2: That's the shit we need. Like, you know, you're not going to just leave someone alone for free. (laughs) Not someone as in, okay, one individual on their own, leave them alone. But 7up as a company why should you leave them alone you should get a crate of seven off for it
0: i was just like it was so funny like and it was like i was just like i was watching them they were just ripping it out of everyone it's like <laughs> the manager would come out and he'd be like yeah or like all right lads go away now we've, we've had enough I'm like young fellas. <laughs> young fellas and they're like make me and the manager yeah. i'll call the guards now and they'll get you down like, the guards won't come down here for us we live across the road and like, <laughs> everything he said they had an answer for straight away yeah like walking at them get away here i'm warning you you touch me i'll call the guards it was like and i was i find it oh, so hard not to laugh in situations like that <laughs> these children were beating this like promotions company event manager like they were making yeah. It's me. of them. And I was like, lads, 24 balls of seven up. You was tip. Yeah, sound. Like, that's all they wanted. All they wanted.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Up. And, like, you can see people, like the promotions manager in that situation, just like, you know, like the wheels turning and being like, this isn't working in the way that I'm used to dealing with things. I deal with everyone in the same way no matter where they're from what age they are or what their experience is i just use like stop or i'll call the guards or like stuff that's like not gonna scare everyone or that just means different things to different people like you need to understand different people want different things
0: yeah, and then being like, you know, I don't think they're the demographic for the product we're trying to use. I was like, never mind demographic. It's
2: 7-Up! <laughs> yeah,
0: I was like, everyone... <laughs> don't demographic. I was like, you won't have an inventor on here if you... won't stop this nonsense. Um,
2: oh, my God.
0: But, yeah, so, like, food, and I just think, like, I think... Uh, some of those kids from maybe inner city areas and um, kind kind of working class areas some of them are just so so sharp-tongued and so smart and um, and I think like somebody was making the point to me before like so I grew up in a like a nice middle class South Dublin area right so when I was growing up I saw the, like the standard father figure come home from work at 6 p.m. with a briefcase um had a had a nice car in the driveway went on nice holidays and I was like you know growing up I probably would have been like you know that's what I aspire to be right mm-hmm. Where in the more kind of I suppose the lower class areas the kind of more economically deprived areas they see the the honest working father do the same routine but probably maybe not drive a nice car or or have those benefits but then they see maybe a lad who sells drugs hangs around all day gets in fights extorts people and they see them rolling around in a a nice x5 or a nice beamer
2: yeah yeah
0: when you're growing up like i know 100 percent who i'd be looking up to in that situation
2: yeah you can so see how it happens like like from such a young age like being promised a fucking pair of runners to keep a watch out like to make sure certain cars don't come in like so deals can get done you could see how kids get into that from such a young age like
0: yeah and i think to be honest that it's just it really I don't really mind it with adults so much. Well, like obviously, you know, adults make a free decision, but with kids, you are just like you are always going to be kind of drawn towards the money, and you know yeah. what we were talking about earlier—that like all my friends have these runners, so I need cash to buy these runners. Yeah, I can yeah. work twenty hours in spare at six ninety five, or I can do two jobs for these lads, and I can buy two pairs of runners. Yeah.
2: And that's fucking capitalism at work again. Like, probably kids at that young age, like, just get into it because they want something nice that they can't get otherwise because they're in the community, they're in, like, they're not in a family that has money, can't get that stuff. This is the way you get it. And then, you know, the rest speaks for itself. So... Back to the looting, I would say. <laughs> yeah, maybe we for way to do it, less people get hurt.
0: Maybe we should just have it once a year. like, in a, And maybe around Patrick's Day. That's a pretty chaotic time in Dublin.
2: Yeah, that would be fab. And we wouldn't need to advertise it too much. Like,
0: no. There was looting in Ireland a few... Uh, maybe it wasn't a few years ago. It was probably about 10 years ago now. But there were some... I'm gonna go out and a limb here and say there was some Unionist march uh mm-hmm. through O'Connell Street. It was at the time it was before I think they were building the Lewis on O'Connell Street and people were throwing like like bricks through Footlocker and um and then Little, do you remember the Little and Talla got looted a few years ago?
2: Yeah, yeah. Was that during the snow or was that no, sorry, that was that was the cranes or the fucking forklifts or whatever. Or was that the same time?
0: I think maybe when you said snow around the bell, but, yeah, you know, I definitely remember. Yeah, maybe it was during the snow, was it? I think so. So that's the plan of attack then, right? We'll, we'll organize an annual looting day.
2: Um, yeah.
0: Where.
2: I mean, that would be great if possible. Like, you know. Go back to your student event dates and just see what you can rustle up. <laughs> I'll get on to my followers, I'll get on to yours.
0: Oh my oh my
2: you just really can for the first year.
0: Yeah, oh my fake Facebook pages. <laughs> He's a tripod <laughs> twenty ten.
2: Oh my god, tripod.
0: That's R-I-P. I
2: actually
0: I actually that that would be my third priority. I'd reopen Tripod.
2: Reopen tripod and crawdaddy
0: uh, and the chocolate mm-hmm. bar. Like that was such yeah. I have such good memories of that place. Like
2: Yeah.
0: Nothing yeah. but activity.
2: What is it now? Just office or something?
0: Yeah, I don't know. There's some like burrito bar at the back of it. But like originally when it was short, they'd planned to turn it into like this super club. Like think like the Ryfe venue in the city. Um but,
2: it already was a super club i was so i know it was just an empty room essentially but that was all the super we needed
0: yeah i was like that daddy area like it was like it was, it was it was just like a little tunnel um just ideal for a good rave and then tripod upstairs with the stage i actually have It's probably my favorite club in Dublin. Actually ninety two. I miss ninety two something.
2: Uh, oh my god, ninety two was the best.
0: The dickety do
2: it was just when you were on that local buzz like, <laughs> and town was too far to go. Did you ever go through that phase where like it would only be Bray or ninety two? Like you couldn't or maybe fucking Burn or tribe or whatever. Oh, man. It was called week in Stillorgan. I miss it. And, like,
0: That was the trifecta of. Cheap taxis home as well. Yeah,
2: cheap taxis.
0: 92. Honestly, that is, I was actually, I was only driving around today, and I was like, because I was kind of, I had a bit of an itch on me for like a night out, and I was like, just the crack isn't the same over here, Fiona. Everyone's very like, everyone's very kind of up themselves. So it's like, you just don't get the same vibe. And I was like, I used to, you'd walk into 92 and everyone from like Sally Noggin, Shankill, Ballybrack, Dun Leary would, would be over to the left. And then everyone from like Donstrong Ballantir, Sandy Fritz, Lorgan would be over to the right.
2: It's like West Side Story.
0: I think that was an unwritten rule. I, like week in, week out. That's the way it was. This, it, it was split that way. And I never like, it's mad. To...
2: Yeah. Okay. So you'd be on the Dun Drum side, but you're sound.
0: Yeah. Well, when you walked in, did you go left or right?
2: I can't remember. Right. Where did you go?
0: Oh, I was right side as well. Yeah.
2: Well, I'm from Shankill, and I would have gone with people from Shankill.
0: Well, what are you doing on my side in '92? Be fucking out
2: now. To, a minute. We got <laughs> um, there. And would you ever go in kind of sober? Do you remember you'd go in at like fucking nine pm, so you wouldn't have to pay the tenner, and end up like spending an extra fifty euro on drinks anyway. And the place, the carpet stank, uh, and they just never took it up in all the years. It stank of vomit. Uh, if you were sober, you would smell it like.
0: It was but I loved it and I loved the fact that like older people as well had the same 92 experiences as us.
2: Oh yeah, our parents like well my dad went there anyway. Blinkers.
0: Blinkers.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, you in blinkers there, were you, <laughs> there is many you as many a good night in blinkers I did. If the walls could talk.
2: Yeah, if ever your dad would give you a lift and be like, oh, I don't want to tell you what I did in there. you would be like, yeah, just...
0: Stop, it's <laughs> you still it have the same the carpet. The <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, oh,
0: 100%.
2: Okay. Final thoughts on the Communist Manifesto and how we can use it to reopen 92 and tripod.
0: Right. Um. So we're going to have right so the whole thing behind the communist manifesto I think the the basic idea was to control production and control labour Um and not give it to the kind of not give it to individuals to make profit for themselves give it to the state to make profit for all the individuals Um so we are going to shut every club in Dublin besides the dickity do and tripod and yeah. make everyone go in session there for eternity. Um no I don't know I'm trying to think that that's a tough question Phil. What would I do?
2: We need we need to keep a north side equivalent open because that's not fair.
0: Uh what was that one we went to West? In, in, it used to be in West
1: oh, barcode oh, that in is my R- equivalent yeah I feel like
2: fond memories there for everyone surely, and you could get a three in one there after yeah. and do you remember you'd walk past a swimming pool to get in, <laughs> it was in like a, <laughs> most mad setting ever
0: down to hillbilly's then for an old snack box on your way home
2: how would we get home from there? Like the taxis must have been, fucking eighty euro. Like,
0: oh man, but sure it was. It was all about the dirt out. That was where the crack was.
2: Yeah, yeah. What a pre-drink.
0: <laughs>
2: um. The days. We'll never get them back.
0: No, we won't. Fucking. It's all mortgages from here on in. Fiona, deposits and mortgages.
2: I know. I know. Stop. I need to rethink all of that now after this conversation.
0: No, you don't. Go
2: see where I am.
0: I'm just a non-conformist who, uh, who wears odd socks. I think that's why I'm so against it. Like, I actually struggle to put on matching socks some days. I'm just like, ah, similar enough colour. They'll do.
2: That's okay. Yeah, so... You know. You're right in there. <laughs>
0: yeah. Except if my bank manager saw it he'd be like, You're not getting a mortgage, but your odds sucks
2: I went into okay, I went into Bank Blank Ireland (laughs) in Dundrum. Maybe we went to the same guy to like talk about getting a mortgage and I know he could see what was in my account when I went in and there was I'm gonna say three Euros. (laughs) Like and that was on the screen in front of him. And he was still like, ah, yeah, no, you can get one. Like, you can work towards getting one. So if he said I could get one with three euro on my account, maybe even two, I think he'd give it to you just because you had odd socks.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed. Anyway, we live in Hope. Three euro on odd socks, we'll give you a mortgage. Great <laughs> advert. That's right, all the
2: criteria, to be fair. <laughs>
0: yeah. um...
2: Right. Well... Thanks so much, I think we learned a lot about communism, a lot about South Dublin in 2010, and we're all gonna come away better people after this conversation.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed. It's a short book if anyone does want to read it. It's 50, it's only like 50 short pages, um, heavy gone, but it definitely, I think, it just definitely gets it, definitely got me thinking about. What type of what type of society are actually like to live in, and what what are the values of that society?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a really good way to describe it. And yeah, I suppose approach it with an open mind. And when it gets a bit crazy, just remember the good parts.
0: Yeah, just if if people are actually genuinely interested in this type of. Um, Kind of social revolution stuff. There's a great book by Noam Chomsky called uh, Understanding Power. And it's like it's all linked, it's huge now. It's a tough well, it's not a tough read, but it's just lengthy. Um, but it's all about like how the media are controlled by big corporations and they control the government. And that was that was the book that really opened my mind, that got me to read this book. Oh, really? Yeah, so if you're a uh, if you're looking to to keep up the revolution, comrade, and Absolutely. figure out ways of reopening tripod, that's that's definitely.
2: <laughs> best. That's one to read. Maybe for the next book club. I'm sure it would take me about two years to finish. it's oh, It's huge. Okay, right. Let's wrap this baby up. Thanks so much, Owen. Thank you. Good luck. Anna. And all your Dubai adventures. I hope you get the night out that you're craving.
0: Thank you. You never know. There could be a a dickety do on uh on the beach out here soon.
2: Look, there's enough Irish people over there to wanna get it started, I'd say.
0: Yeah, I'll have to import the smelly carpet, but we can work on that.
2: <laughs> we can work on that. Yeah. Okay. Thanks so much, Alan.
0: Pleasure. Talk to you
2: later,
1: That was it baby That was the communist manifesto And whatever else We had on our minds I really hope you enjoyed that episode If you did let me know um, And look I'll see you in two weeks time Take care Be good to yourself Be good to those around you If they're sound And Yeah God bless you You've just listened to Fiona's Book Club with Fiona Frawley. For more, go to fionasbookclub.com or follow online at Fiona Frawl or at Fiona's Book Club. New episodes every second Tuesday.